This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. It is not hyperbole to refer to Raleigh Helming as a Renaissance man. Raleigh has had a rich and diverse life and career, ranging from his services as owner and CEO of Harold Supermarkets in Vincennes, Indiana, to his service as president and CEO of USAC, the United States Auto Club, and Raleigh is one of the winningest racing team owners with Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, and John Andretti among his drivers. In 2008, Raleigh joined the Indiana Economic Development Corporation to spearhead Indiana's efforts to grow the motorsports industry. Over time, Raleigh's successes caused his role to expand to become the Senior Vice President for All Business Development, and upon retiring three years ago, he stayed on with IEDC to serve as an advisor for automotive, aerospace, and motorsports. Raleigh is with me today to talk about motorsports in Indiana, a particularly relevant topic for Indiana in May, and to talk specifically about a new study that documents the significance of motorsports to Indiana's economy and how far that significance extends beyond the month of May. So Raleigh, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you with me to talk about motorsports in Indiana, this new study, and your wealth of experience in this area. So I suspect that many people, when they think about motorsports in Indiana, think it is mostly about the month of May, the Brickyard 400, and drag racing for a few days in Hendricks County. People might easily assume that motorsports in Indiana is about a handful of events with really loud cars, a lot of beer, and a lot of people who come from out of town with RVs. So they might wonder why we need a whole study and a state initiative about motorsports in Indiana. So why do we need a whole study and a state initiative devoted to motorsports? Well, thank you, Lee. It's a pleasure to join you this morning, and we very much appreciate the opportunity to talk to some of your members about the impact that motorsports has. Um, There had been two previous studies of economic impact of, of motorsports, and so we felt like the timing was right to update it. And with this study, we look specifically at the motorsports industry, uh, the jobs and the investment, which are key. Uh, We really needed to get those updated and we're happy to share this with anyone. I think one of the real keys that this one identified is the average motorsports job in Indiana pays significantly above the average wages uh, in, for manufacturing in Indiana. It's a very high-tech business. But what's really key is, as you mentioned earlier, obviously in the month of May, we always think about the 500 and everything that it brings t- to our state. But motorsports in Indiana spreads through all 92 counties. And, and that's what's really key. And that, again, is what this study identifies And so uh, we're proud to have it. Uh, We worked with the uh, IBRC, the Indiana Business and Research Center, which is part of the Kelly School at IU. They did an excellent job. We furnished them with contacts and questions, and then they were able to come back with the data that we needed. And this data is very important to us because we can share this with the industry. We can use it to attract 
new motorsports business or encourage existing motorsports businesses to expand in Indiana and not somewhere else. And so uh, it's also good whenever anyone has a question, for example, if someone at the legislature or the governor's office would have a question about the motorsports industry, provides us the opportunity to be able to furnish it to them. And you touched upon this already in terms of the geographic impact, but I think the perception is that motorsports in Indiana isn't really about Indiana. It is really about only two or three counties in central Indiana Uh, and that there are just a few race teams that are mostly active during the summer season. So what did the study discover about the pervasiveness of the motorsports industry throughout the state? Well, it verifies what we already know. Um, Racing or motorsports uh, is unique to the sporting world in that there is a huge manufacturing and technology component in the world of motorsports, which really doesn't exist in other sports. It's constant evolution. There are very few, if any, patents in motorsports because by the time a new component or a new idea or new technology uh, went through the patent process, it would more than likely be obsolete. But let me just talk a little bit about the manufacturing and technology component. That's what really spreads throughout the state because We have a huge manufacturing uh, opportunity here in Indiana. These race teams develop their own parts. There are companies here in Indiana that build components, build race cars for not just for IndyCar, but also for drag racing, which is huge and growing substantially in Indiana, but also for what we refer to as the short track industry. And that's what we really see spread out, spread throughout the state. Uh, There are, I believe, 53 or 54 racetracks in the state of Indiana right now. A lot of these are in the smaller communities. And so a lot of these racetracks bring a lot of people into these communities, and it may be the biggest attention getter for that community. Let me give you a good example, and I don't mean to eliminate anybody, but let's think about Gas City. Uh, Gas City I-69 Speedway, it's a little dirt track, has racing every Friday night brings thousands of people into Gas City just for those events. And they spend a lot of money while they're here too. That's just a good example. There also are many other uh, component manufacturers, a huge supply chain. Um, I'll also make a comment that I hope everybody should be aware of. The largest racing tire manufacturer in the world is not Goodyear, Firestone, Michelin, or Pirelli. It's Hoosier Racing Tire, headquartered in Lakeville, with a huge manufacturing plant that employs about 450 to 500 people in Plymouth, Indiana. Uh, They not only make the branded Hoosier tires that we see racing all over the country and all over the world, uh, but they also make manufacture uh, tires for for other brands that are affiliated with them. For example, the Arca Stock Car Series, which is owned by NASCAR races a lot on weekends with NASCAR. Uh, If you ever notice, they use General Tires. Well, guess what? Those General Tires are made in Plymouth, Indiana by Hoosier. Also, if you ever see Continental Racing Tires uh, with the Continental brand, well, you might see those at an endurance race somewhere in Europe or somewhere in Asia. Guess what? Those tires were made in Plymouth, Indiana by Hoosier Racing Tire. Great example of how broad 
our industry is throughout the state. Again, it touches every one of 92 communities, either with a racetrack, a supply chain component, a manufacturer, or something that is deeply affiliated with the motorsports industry in Indiana. And you talked about the technology that is taking place or that's being deployed within the race teams, and they are obviously creating technology that is deployed to help them win races every week. But there are other technologies that spin out of this industry. So what are some of the technology that you discovered through this study that get applied elsewhere outside the racing industry? Well, you have to remember that um, the, the manufacture of motorsports components is usually done with a lot of, of very specific materials. And, you know, I'll, I'll even start with our, our short track industry, sprint cars, midgets. Um, those cars are all, and most of which are built here in Indiana. Uh, if you see them racing in California, the bulk of the cars on that track in California were manufactured in Indiana. They use components such as chrome moly steel. They use specific welding, TIG welding. Uh, these are all somewhat exotic materials that are used not just in racing, but also in the aviation aircraft aerospace industry. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between a racing car all the way up to an Indy 500 car and the aerospace industry. Uh, as a matter of fact, a good example would be uh, if you took an Indy car and got it up to about 150 miles an hour, because of the downforce that is created by the components in the car, you could literally turn the car over and run it on the ceiling. And as long as you kept your speed up, the car would stick to the ceiling. Think about when an aircraft takes off, when the aircraft rotates going down the runway and starts to fly, it's because of the lift exceeds the weight of the aircraft. We'll reverse that to downforce. And that's exactly why an IndyCar or some other very sophisticated racing cars can run upside down on the ceiling because when their downforce exceeds their weight, then all of a sudden it's just like an air, aircraft taking off in reverse. So there's a lot of aerodynamics that apply not just to racing, but also to the aerospace industry. It can apply to the defense industry and to advanced automotive. And of course, we have such a vast automotive industry in Indiana. Also, when we start to think about materials, uh, as the car companies now are starting to try to lightweight cars more and more to get better fuel efficiency, uh, they, they're using exotic steels, lightweight steels, aluminum, magnesium, but most importantly, composites, composites, carbon fiber. And so that is being used and developed extensively in the motorsports industry and then applied to aviation, aerospace, and advanced automotive. I'll give you a great example. Um, our wonderful Italian company that is based in Speedway that manufactures IndyCar, but is much more than just the IndyCar builder, and I'm referring to Delara. Uh, when the SpaceX astronauts go up in the manned capsules, the seats that those astronauts are riding in are manufactured out of composite materials by Delara in Speedway, Indiana. That's a great example of how the motorsports industry also applies to opportunity for defense, 
and for advanced automotive and for the aerospace industry. And the technology transfer there is huge and we're working all the time to try to con- convey that message. I was hoping you would use that Delar example because I think that helps to make the connection well beyond dirt tracks in Indiana and highlights how diverse and how critical some of this technology is within these companies. But a lot of what you're talking about may sound exotic and specialized. So why, from an economic development perspective, do we care about these companies? And for the Indiana Economic Development Corporation or for IEDA members, what is the economic development deliverable? Well, again, as I alluded to earlier, um, jobs in motorsports are high tech uh, and they're, they're high wage salaries. Um, the investment in machinery and equipment is substantial in motorsports, uh, particularly because of some of the technology that's involved. Uh, the training is, is very, very important. Um, when, when you see, and it doesn't matter whether it's the, the, the local dirt track at Hobstad or I mentioned Gas City or Kokomo Speedway or, or, or wherever, the people that are working on those cars are very high-tech mechanics. And so, again, there's great opportunity there in all forms of racing. Another reason why racing is important to Indiana, along with the job opportunities and the investment opportunities, um, I'll share with you a a recent uh, example of investment. Um, If you live on the north side of Indianapolis, if you live in Zionsville and you go down 106th Street between Zionsville Road and Michigan Road, you'll see a huge building going up, uh, about 115,000 square feet. It's uh, in excess of a $25 million exp- uh, investment. You drive by there and you think, boy, I don't know what's going on there, but that's pretty cool. It's almost completed. That is the new Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing shop that's being built in Zionsville. Think of what that's adding to the tax rolls to have an investment like that. And they will have well over 100 people working there with substantial salaries. Um, and there's more to come. Uh, so just when you look at something like that, it's it may be somebody just working on their race car in their garage, but it may be an extensive shop full of high-tech equipment. So again, the investment that companies make to locate here in Indiana because of our motorsports culture. And think about this, when a racing team is looking to locate, they wanna go where the talent is. And we have a talent base here in Indiana that knows a lot about motorsports that are ready to go to work and make and have great jobs. So that's just one more reason why companies all over the world, great example again, our friends at Delara, the Italian company, the only operation they have outside of their home base in Italy is in Speedway on Main Street. And that's why they come here primarily because of the talent that we have available. Then add to that the brand. Indianapolis and Indiana is magic. We're the racing capital of the world. So that's where the racing industry wants to locate. Well, so we may call ourselves the the motorsports capital of the world. And motorsports is a global industry with a multitude of racing brands from IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One, Uh, the NHRA, USAC, and now the headquarters for the performance racing industry. But where does Indiana rank uh, within the global centers for motorsports? 
Well, I'd like to think that we rank number one. Uh, there are two other areas that have a large concentration of motorsports, none of which are nearly as diverse as Indiana. We, uh, if you stop and think about it, uh, NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR, most of the racing teams and a lot of the NASCAR industry is in Charlotte, uh, in, in North Carolina, even though NASCAR's headquarters are in Daytona Beach. Uh, but that's primarily nothing but NASCAR. The other, what I would call center of influence for motorsport is in the center of the UK. Uh, that is where the bulk of the Formula One teams are and a lot of the world endurance racing teams are. But yet when we come to Indiana, when we think about everything that is located here, it's not just IndyCar. Uh, it's drag racing, which is huge. The largest drag race, the largest racing organization in the world is the National Hot Rod Association. Uh, they own Indianapolis Raceway Park, uh, presented by Lucas Oil. Uh, in Brownsburg, and uh, that is fast becoming their headquarters. That is where we have the biggest drag race of them all, the U.S. Nationals, uh, second only to the Indianapolis 500 in attraction and in attendance, and that's always Labor Day weekend for about five or six days. Brings people from all over the world here, just like the 500 and the Brickyard 400 do. So uh, we have drag racing, I alluded earlier to short track racing. That's primarily the United States Auto Club or USAC. Their headquarters are here. The Sports Car Club of America, which is a major sanctioning body, has their professional racing organization located here, along with the IndyCar headquarters. So a lot of the major sanctioning bodies, the manufacturers, uh, and all of the services that uh, supply to ra the racing industry Many of those are located here, much more diverse than what we would see in our two competitors in the Charlotte area, in the center of the UK. And because of our diversity, uh, quite frankly, even though we might be competing sometimes with those areas for economic development expansion, for the most part, we really don't compete with them because we're all servicing different areas of the motorsport world. So then I would guess that the synergy that occurs because of all of those different racing platforms makes Indiana more attractive because is there, Raleigh, is there a transfer of talent between those different racing platforms? Uh, I would think that the concentration of talent is what makes Indiana uh, uniquely attractive for the motorsports companies. Certainly. Um, again, because of our, our vast diversity in, in the different segments or sectors of the motorsports industry. That's what's really key. Um, I'll give you another very good example that I think we should be proud of. Indiana University at Purdue University at Indianapolis, IUPUI, they have the only motorsports engineering degree program in the world. Hmm. Uh, they are training engineers there in motorsports and they offer both a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. And when you graduate from there, it is the only school in the world where your diploma would say a master's degree or a bachelor's degree in motorsports engineering. Other schools around the country, UNC Charlotte, offer motorsports courses in their engineering programs, but they do not offer a degree program. IUPUI Motorsports Engineering uh, 
graduates, many of them wind up staying in Indiana. Uh, and that's another reason why we have an economic development opportunity there going back to the talent process that we can sell to manu to manufacturers and teams that either want to expand in Indiana or relocate in Indiana, build in Indiana, is that we can furnish them again with the talent that they need. A lot of those or several of those um, IUPUI graduates uh, go to NASCAR, uh, they go to Formula One, they go to endurance racing, uh, but most of them stay here. And we're so fortunate to have that program here. And we have other schools, uh, engineering schools, um, Marion College here in Indianapolis offers motorsports programs. And then we have some of our very good engineering schools, obviously Purdue, Trine, and Rose-Hulman that are also training people for the motorsports industry. I did not know uh, about the program at IUPUI. I think that is a com an incredible asset um, that we have. I mean, having those programs that are focused specifically on motorsports engineering. Um, so uh, on another topic, I know we've been talking to people around the state about the major transition that the vehicle industry is going through from internal combustion engines to hybrids and electric vehicles. Is that a threat or an opportunity for Indiana's motorsports companies? Uh, obviously, we're, we're seeing changes in propulsion systems. Uh, electrification certainly has a great future. Uh, the Formula E, which races worldwide, and Andretti is an entrant uh, in Formula E. Of course, Andretti Autosport is located right here in the Indianapolis metropolitan area on Zionsville Road. Uh, actually very close to Chip Ganassi's large IndyCar shop. They're about three blocks apart in Park 100. Uh, but Andretti is involved in Formula E. We're watching that very closely. The entire industry is watching electrification. Uh, obviously, uh, because of the recharging, the races have to be short races. NHRA drag racing uh, this year will be unveiling an electrified series just for drag racing. So it's coming with the development. The one thing that we need to keep our eyes open to is hybrids. Uh, in 2024, the IndyCar series will be using a hybrid-based engine, still an internal combustion, but with a hybrid system attached to it. So hybrid racing actually fits itself into the motorsports industry much closer than electrification at this time. But I can assure you the industry is looking very closely at all of these opportunities. Do you think that's going to have an impact on fans? Isn't part of the attraction the roar of the engines and the feeling you get in your chest when these powerful race engines roar to life? Oh, I'm sure there will be a few uh, that uh, will say, well, it's just not what it, what it should be. And, you know, obviously there's nothing any more exciting than when 33 cars come down the main straightaway and take the green flag at Indianapolis. Uh, and the sound is a big part of it. Uh, but I think it's, it's also being welcomed. Uh, you don't have to, I guess if you go to an electri electrified race, you don't have to take your earplugs. And mainly what you hear is the hum of the electric engine and the squeal of the tires. Right. And, but, uh, I, you know, I think everything is evolving and, uh, you know, as, as things change, uh, maybe it, it will be something that will be advancements in technology that people will like even more. So yeah, the noise is a big component of it, but uh, on the other hand, it's the thrill and the excitement of the competition on the racetrack that the fans are really looking for. 
So Raleigh, as we use this study to really understand how pervasive the motorsports industry is, we come back to this notion in economic development of business retention and expansion. How do we reach out to the existing companies and, and try to meet their needs to help them retain or st to stay in the state, to stay in our communities and grow here? So what should local economic developers do and what is uh, the IEDC doing to retain these companies? Lee, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. What I would like to do would be encourage the local economic development people, the Lidos and the Ritos, uh, to seek out businesses in your community that might be involved in motorsports. Um, obviously, if you have a racetrack there, it would be very good to connect with them uh, just to find out what their needs are um, and, and what they're bringing to the community, but also ask the question of who in our community is deeply involved in motorsports, just so the Lidos and the Ritos uh, and the economic development agencies are aware of what's going on and then reach out to them uh, for when the opportunity comes and the needs are there for those industries. Uh, be it expansion, be it workforce development, but just stay in tune with what's going on in the in the industry. And, and, and again, I'd, I'd like to reiterate back to uh, some of these local racetracks. Uh, and as I mentioned, there's 53 or 54 of them. A lot of those are bringing recognition to that community that they might not be receiving from, from someplace else. Obviously, they have sporting events, primarily school-based, high school uh, football, basketball, and that sort of thing. But the motorsports, the, the racetracks and the motorsports industries are bringing people to those communities. And there's a bit of a recognition and a brand factor there. And I'd like to urge the local economic development people to really recognize what opportunity is there and to be able to work on it, to be aware of what they can do when opportunity knocks. Well, I think another valuable aspect of this study is how it has helped to highlight the broader economic impact of the motorsports industry beyond just the entertainment value of the events. You've been able to quantify the spinoff effects beyond just the number of people coming in for a race. But you've also, the study has also brought sort of forth the quality of the technology, the quality of the workforce. So I think this highlights that there is a much bigger economic spinoff than just what may be generated by a weekend event. Sure. Um, again, we need to be aware and recognize the brand of Indiana as far as the motorsports world. And then we, uh, and, and, and I can't repeat this enough, thinking of motorsports as a sport. There are no other sports that have the manufacturing and technology component that occurs in motorsports. And that's what we need to capitalize on. And that's, that's, that's our real opportunity going down the road. Well, and some of the companies that were interviewed for the study identified that celebration of the brand, but also talked about the clustering of companies that are here, as well as the supply chain, You've mentioned a number of times the manufacturing background, but there's the low cost of doing business. It may Is it the unique combination of all of these factors that give us a unique opportunity that maybe some other areas don't have? Well, 
obviously, I think it probably started uh, many, many years ago with the Indianapolis 500. Uh, the fact that it is the Indianapolis 500, uh, like many sporting events, we don't have to worry about it going anywhere. I don't think the Indianapolis 500 would ever go to Charlotte or Dallas or Chicago or who knows where. Uh, so that that gives us a branding opportunity that that started this industry in Indiana. Uh, let me digress just a minute because I think this is an important key. You mentioned earlier performance racing industry, uh, the PRI show. Uh, performance racing industry has now located their headquarters right here in Indiana. They're in Speedway. Uh, this is huge. Their parent company, uh, the specialty equipment manufacturers or market association, SEMA, which many people would recognize, is the representative for the automotive aftermarket industry. They're located in Southern California, but they chose to move the PRI division of SEMA to Indianapolis because they knew this is where the racing industry is. But it's great to welcome them here and all everything that the SEMA organization and their trade show in Las Vegas is second only to the Consumer Electronics Show as far as attendance and economic revenue. The PRI show, which we host in December here in Indianapolis at the convention center, is the largest revenue generating convention and trade show in the state. It's huge. The entire racing industry comes to Indiana worldwide. Last year, they had 53 countries represented. And now the headquarters for PRI is here in Indiana. That is very significant in helping us to be able to, one, wave our flag of Indiana is open for the racing industry, but also gives us the opportunity to, when the racing industry comes to us, for us to meet and greet, welcome, and tell them the great benefits of operating in Indiana. So I, I'd like to express to all of the Indiana economic development community, pay attention to the performance racing industry show, PRI, what they're doing, and the fact that they have just recently located in about a 30,000 square foot building here in Indiana. Our central location, I mean, and we promote this with all business development. The fact that we're in the middle of the United States with a very robust, rail and highway system. In addition to that, think about our, air, our Indianapolis airport and the fact that FedEx has chosen to do a major expansion there. A lot of components are shipped by air. And so consequently, we are so fortunate to have FedEx and then also UPS and DHL ground systems here. Uh, but that, that's, that's a big selling point for the motorsports industry. Um, and just the fact that, again, all of us in economic development know the advantages of locating in Indiana, low tax environment. We're working very hard to create a dependable, sustainable labor force in everything that we do. I mean, obviously, that's priority number one for all of us. But we have just have some great opportunities here in Indiana as far as distribution, as far as our central location and just the fact that you can get to anywhere very closely. I'll give you a great motorsports example, John Force Racing. As we all know, John Force uh, is iconic in the world of drag racing. John moved his team from Southern California to Brownsburg. 
He's got 140,000 square foot shop out there. He came and made a substantial investment in Indiana because one, the workforce, the culture of motorsports, but most importantly, because of the fact that we are centrally located here. Uh, I'll give you another good uh, uh, drag racing example, Schumacher Racing, which is a huge drag racing, professional drag racing team. Mike Lewis, who's the president of Schumacher Racing, made an, uh, one time told me, he said, you know, basically, we're a manufacturer and we're a trucking company during the week. He said, we're working on our race cars at our shop. They also are located in Brownsburg. And then we're on the road going to races. And the reason why we're here, again, is because of our central location. And so we're a trucking company basically during the week, and we're a racing company on the weekends. So when you stop and think about the, the distribution and, and the travel component that racing teams have, because and they're on the road with trucks and trailers, uh, and then the opportunity to ship parts by air, uh, it, it all adds up to what really makes the best opportunity for a, a racing team or a racing manufacturer to be located in the state of Indiana. Raleigh, I appreciate you sharing that insight. I, I'm not sure we always think about all of the logistics that go into racing and motorsports. Um, one of the last things that I want to talk about is something that may have gotten lost in history, but it is Indiana's tradition of vehicle innovation going back to the 1920s. Uh, companies like Delco Remy um, had a great history of innovation. Then the launch of the Indianapolis 500-mile race as a venue for testing new vehicle technologies. How does that history of innovation contribute to our ongoing prominence in motorsports, and how does it contribute to our leadership in the field? Well, when you stop and think about it, a lot of the components that we use on our vehicles today started with the racing industry. Um, think about seat belts. Uh, seat belts first started in airplanes and race cars. Uh, think about things like tire technology. Um, there's been a lot of advancements in tires from what is learned in, in the racing world. Uh, safety, tremendous safety enhancements have come to the, from the racing world to the automotive industry. So we glean an awful lot of intelligence and manufacturing and advancement in automotive from the racing industry. That's why uh, the major car companies are all involved in the racing industry, uh, not only from product development, but they also want a lot of their employees to see the competitiveness that it takes in racing. Uh, and, and to experience that. That's why a lot of these companies are involved. They will tell you that what they learn from racing and not just necessarily components, but in the workforce uh, certainly can apply to the thinking process that they would like to see in their employees. And I'll, I'll give you two very good examples. If you're watching a race, a NASCAR race or an IndyCar race, they start talking about fuel mileage. Because what they're trying to do, you hear them say the term saving fuel. So what they're trying to do is they're use, they look very closely at fuel mileage because that is what can develop into wins and good finishes. So that's just a great example of something 
that um, the racing industry is constantly focused on. Uh, and then again, you look at aerodynamics that are created by racing that apply to our passenger cars today. Um, and so it just goes on and on and on, the continual development. One other real good example, I think, is, you know, a, a racing team will work for months to build a car, to develop a car, to assemble it and put it all together. They go to the racetrack and what happens? They have a crash. And a month's worth of work can wind up being rebuilding that car to have it on the track first thing in the morning. So they work for months to build a car, they crash it, and then they totally rebuild it in a matter of hours to get it back on the racetrack. That type of mentality is what companies are looking for with their employees in the manufacturing process. Raleigh, I have so thoroughly enjoyed having had this opportunity to hear from you and to learn from your insights and to really talk about this study of motorsports. Is there anything else before we close that you want to highlight either about the study or Indiana's footprint in motorsports? Well, it's significant, but, uh, you know, uh, I think a good way to put it is you're only as good as your last race. And the minute you win a race, then you need to be thinking about winning the next one. Well, you know what? That applies in economic development, too. Every time we're fortunate enough from the IEDC to work with IEDA members to be able to bring a project home and talk about teamwork, there's nothing that's a better example of teamwork than a local community and the state working together to win a deal in economic development. The other thing that's so good about economic development opportunities are it's just like racing. Nobody remembers who finished second. You know, our business in economic development is winner take all. And I would say we all know that Elio Castroneves won the Indianapolis 500 last year. But can you tell me who finished second? Or can you tell me who finished second in many races before? That certainly applies to economic development but it takes a great team to build a winning car in racing. It takes a great team in economic development to bring those industries to Indiana to either build here and expand. So huge similarities there in what we're doing every day. Raleigh, I so, I so appreciate you taking time to talk with me about the study, uh, especially during your busy month of May. Uh, we will have the Indiana Motorsports study posted on the IED website, so it will be available and I will say, though, for IEDA members, you know, we've been talking about motorsports as an international brand. But when you talk to individuals that are involved in motorsports, they will tell you that Raleigh Helming is himself an international brand when it comes to his recognition, his footprint, um, his engagement in motorsports. And we've been very, very fortunate to have his engagement uh, through IEDC as the Senior Vice President for Business Development, and frankly, just honored to be able to have him with me today talking about this study. Well, Lee, thank you for the opportunity, and it's so great to be able to share this with the IEDA membership. On the other hand, don't hesitate to call me anytime. Um, I'm more than happy to visit with some of the local economic development people, uh, if they foresee an opportunity and they would need me for any reason, please don't hesitate to call. I can always be located at the IEDC. Thank you, Raleigh. We appreciate your commitment to the state of Indiana to motorsports, and I, and I appreciate you spending time with me today.
You've been listening to IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast is copyright 2022 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, all rights reserved.